Coldwood City Limits listeners. It's Will Young here. We are well into the fall at this point. If you're listening on the Patreon, it's just begun. If you're listening on the free feed, we've been in fall for a while. In fact, by the time you're listening to this on the free feed, it's October. Oh, and my powers are the greatest that they are in this year. I'm a huge Halloween fan. I'm sure you know that by now. I'm watching horror movies. I'm thinking about costumes. Uh, I'm enjoying the dark and spooky nature of this time of year. And I hope you are, too. I hope you're celebrating in your own way. Happy Halloween month. Um, So, yeah, as you may know, Lucas is out this week once again. So I will be having a guest. Uh, help me with this episode. Of course, the last episode I had the my friends from the uh, Wheel of Scoob podcast to help me uh, tackle an Arthur episode, and this time we have a returning guest joining us for a little bit. But before we get into that, of course, I want to acknowledge a couple of things, including our patrons at patreon.com slash Limits. We want to say thank you to everybody who is supporting us over there. Remember, if you haven't yet, there is a whole two-parter episode of ECL Origins on Mainframe Entertainment, Reboot, and Beast Wars. So check those out. Uh, we are really enjoying doing ECL Origins, and we hope that you're enjoying listening to them. Speaking of ECL Origins, I've got a little text post coming to the Patreon, and, and, and it's just a little additional thing. It's not going to replace any podcast content, but it's something that I thought was fun to put together, and hopefully you will too. And very soon, we're going to be having our next Patreon-exclusive episode we're returning to for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast, as we talk about Angelina Ballerina. So that's going to be coming next week on the Patreon, and you'll get a preview of that in the free feed in mid-October. And we'll be sticking around with For the Kids into November as well, uh, because we did a doubleheader with ECL Origins. Remember, it's pay what you want over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits, and you can be one of the cool people who is supporting us, such as uh, f- former guest of the show, Andrew Power. Uh, thank you to Yoshi, to EJ Acra, to Lawrence. Thank you to Greenhouse Vinyls. Thank you very much to Gabs and to Lauren Rodriguez. Thank you to Richard Mortimer and JP. Thank you to David Corrales, Jared G, and Wolf Lover Zodiac. And thank you to Nehemiah Unamuk and Tiki Barber Fan, and many, many others, including Iman Salehian. Uh, if your name hasn't been read for a while, let me know, either on Patreon or on the ECL Discord, which is one of the many perks of being our patron. And we've got more Patreon content coming in October. Don't you worry about that once Lucas returns next week. Uh, One more thing before we get going. I just wanted to have a quick note here. (laughs) One of our patrons uh, pointed out to me that several episodes ago at this point, I think this was back in late August, uh, I gave Lucas a commissioned uh, illustration. And I was like, oh, I'll put that right up on social media. I didn't. I forgot to. And then was reminded, hey, when are you going to do that? And uh, my face was a little red when I did that. But you can view it now. It's on all of our social media, the Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, It's a great illustration. And I would suggest not only that you take a look at it, but also that you consider uh, getting a commission from the person who drew it. That would be uh, Buster underscore Bunny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this phonetically. At 8Uster underscore 8Unny. 
uh, that would be B. Uh, so B, it's a wonderful drawing. Thank you so much. And uh, they can definitely help you uh, realize your illustration dreams and if you commission a piece of art from them. And I would definitely recommend it. As you can see on the social media, the quality of it is truly wonderful. Thank you, B. All right, now we're going to get into today's episode. Uh, of course, next time we are going to be, Lucas and I are going to be talking about Angelina Ballerina on the Patreon. But the next Elwood City Limits episode after this one is going to be further on into season 18. We're going to be talking about uh, Arthur Reed Super Saver and Tibbles to the Rescue. So yeah, patreon.com slash Limits. Probably uh, not the best time to be sending in an email. I'm just going to wait till Lucas comes back before we talk about them. But if you want to, uh, for any reason, Limits at gmail.com is where you can send in your correspondence. Uh, I also respond on our social medias. Or if you're on the Discord, happy to talk to you on the Discord, which is a Patreon perk. So for today's episode, we are welcoming back Rage, one of my favorite uh, returning guests we're going to be talking about today's episode of Arthur. So let's get to that right now. Here we are again as we enter October. Funny enough, I looked at this thanks to Google. Uh, you can actually type in Elwood City Limits and things come up. Uh, that's the benefit of having a podcast that's been around for seven years. And I noticed that it's almost a year to the day since our guest was last on the show, and I'm happy to welcome him back because this is going to be another case where a returning guest takes a look at the new Arthur. So welcome back, everybody. It's Rage. Hey, Rage. Hello, Will. Yes, you bring me back uh, whenever it's time to get scary. It's spooky season. They just brought back the pumpkin spice latte, the scariest caffeinated beverage. And here I am on Elwood City Limits. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. I'm not much for pumpkin flavor. I almost wish I was, because then I could yeah. enjoy all these seasonal flavors that everybody else seems to like. It's not my favorite gourd, I'll admit. What is your favorite gourd? Yeah, maybe a squash. Mmm, squash is versatile. You can make uh, you can make a few things with that. It's a solid gourd. I like a I like a squash soup now and then. Mm. Well, now, what do you put in a squash soup while we're uh, while we're talking about gourds here? Mainly squash, will. I mean. Yeah, but there's got to be more to it than that. Water, I'm sure. Uh, you know, it's my mom's recipe. I can't divulge sex no, uh, secret I... information. Okay, all right. I'll, uh, uh, I, I will, I'll leave the mystery. But you know, if you and I ever meet in person, I might want some of this squash soup. Sounds good to me. You, you should come to Kingston. You should uh, enjoy the sights. You know, it's. I've been to Toronto a couple of times in the last couple of years. I, I, I think you're right. I do need to venture out into the other parts of Ontario that are assuredly just as nice, if not nicer, than the big city. Much nicer. So today we are going through here. We're in season 18. Uh, I don't remember exactly where we were the last time you were on here in terms of seasons. It must have been, if it was a year ago, then it would probably be like 15, maybe 16, something like that at the rate we go through these. So up top, of course, before we get into the episode, Rage, this is the new Arthur look. We started it a couple of seasons ago, and it's what we call... The Flash era of Arthur. That's a little bit of a misnomer, but essentially what it is is that Arthur is now digitally animated. And this is, I, I like to get this side from 
all of our returning guests because many of them were on with episodes that were made traditionally, or at least somewhat traditionally, somewhat digitally. This is all digital, and this is pretty much how the show looks to today. We have our thoughts on it, as we've gone into many, many times. What do you think about the way that Arthur looks here in Season 18 and onward? So, I think I more or less got used to it as the episode rolled on, Mm -hmm. but I... I think it looks terrifying. I think all their heads look disconnected <laughs> from their bodies. Uh, they look like they could pop off at any second. It's I don't like it. Terrifying is an interesting synonym uh, that I wasn't expecting, but right on time for the season that we're in. I, uh, you know, I think that we we took a long time, Lucas and I, to get used to it. But uh, terrifying is not something that necessarily sprung to mind. That's interesting. It, it looks like their heads are. Not part of their bodies, but like in possession, a parasite that have attached themselves to their bodies. They move <laughs> independently. Look for it next time you you watch, I guess. I actually, I will. That's, ooh, ooh. I, I don't like thinking about that sort of scenario with the Arthur characters, but next time, next time, next episode of Velvet City Limits, I'm just going to be like, what if they just went in there and they're got their tendrils? And of course, as I've mentioned before, I'm thinking a lot about parasites infecting people because I've been playing the new Resident Evil 4 a lot. So uh, as long as nobody's heads explodes and like a weird worm mouth yeah. comes out of it, I'm fine. As long as no one talks in Spanish, you'll be fine. Well, I mean, that's that's more likely than the thing I said. So we'll have to beware that if that ever happens. Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about, uh, as we go through a little bit past the midpoint of season 18, and lucky you, Rage, you get a Tibbles episode. Uh, we're talking about the episode two minutes here. I always get a Tibbles episode. I was wondering, like, it's you've been on in quite a few episodes. You're one of our... Uh, favored guests here on the show. I was going to ask if you have had a Tibbles episode before on the show, because God knows I don't remember. So, first time I was on, it was with Lucas, mm-hmm. and I watched Portrait of the Artist as a Young Tibble. Ah. Okay. Uh, yeah, last year, it was Last King of Lambland, which, you know, <laughs> the episode says it's about Molly's dork uh, little brother, but it's a Tibble episode. I, um, I know I, this. I'm I, I like I ha- I have to just assure you this is not planned. Like I, I it could have just as easily been you here last week and the wheel of scoop folks here this week. It just ends up turning up. You've got some kind of like um some kind of sense about the tibbles that maybe maybe the tibble episodes are just attracted I that to you. Tibble energy, yeah. Yeah. And clearly we've talked about the tibbles before, so I won't do so much of that ramp up, but A lot of these cold opens that we've been seeing the last little bit here, uh, Rage, has to do with Arthur, whether or not he's in the show or not. Arthur is here to pose a question. He's almost like the Rod Serling of the show now, where he takes us through these hypothetical scenarios. And this one is, what would it be like if kids were in charge? Rage, have you heard about this? Have you heard kids rule? I've heard to not trust anyone over 30, which means I can't trust myself anymore, so uh, it's a sticky situation, Will. Or me, really, so you're putting your life in your hands by coming on the podcast here. Um, This was very, I mean, you and I lived through the kids' rule time 
of the 1990s that whole movement do you have any do you, like do you remember how a lot of media for a while was like kids rule and parents drool yeah adults are uh, generally useless and just makes things worse for the kids who have to fix everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely that's the, way, that's the way i understood the world working as a child well and if kids were in charge here um arthur thinks that things would be a, a bit better if not simpler because arthur is playing this is it this is a game that we've seen on the show before cranky bees which is ostensibly an angry birds knockoff but it is very much like uh flappy bird which as we talked about in an earlier episode they technically had cranky bees on arthur before flappy bird existed wow it's a it's a weird prescient moment for the show Arthur imagines, like, his mom tells him to go to bed and to stop playing Cranky Bees. But if he was in charge, then he would get to tell his mom and his dad to go to bed. But we do a little bit of a a halvesies here because he imagines mom and dad still in their same bodies. They act like children, but they're watching television programs that matter to them, such as the program they're watching is the president of the United States making a speech on the economy and it's just the economy in words on the television with an accompanying graph going downwards it's the economy is in a terrible state apparently it's it's rough out there for an arthur character this is not as close to 2008 this is more in the 2013 2014 time but still the uh the crash has happened and it's very, uh, I mean, its effects are still being felt, one could argue, to this very day that we're recording. But it seems that the president is looking a little Clinton-esque. In, in a much earlier episode, it was the president of the United States that Arthur and D.W. met was a clear parody of Bill Clinton. Whereas here, um, he is still looking like Bill Clinton. We don't really hear him speak or anything like that, any of his mannerisms. But we don't have, like an Obama stand-in, which you would think would be the move here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're stuck in 1998 or something. I mean, you could certainly make that argument, uh, depending on how you view the Arthur timeline, which is a whole thing unto itself. But Arthur admits, maybe it's good that younger people aren't in charge, because if that was the run of things, DW would be in charge of him, and she directs him to mop the floors or he won't get allowance. And it's especially good if the Tibbles aren't in charge, because this is a Tibbles episode. We start off with Arthur going to go watch them, which is something that we established in the first season, which is that Arthur is something of a of a Tibble tamer. He uses the he uses the taming verb here. Uh, he knows how to watch them, even though DW seems very um, convinced that he's not good at it. When Arthur announces he's going to do this. Uh, DW does a big old Home Alone look at the camera and says they couldn't find an alligator wrestler? Is that a reference to something? I don't, I don't think so. I just think that if you're if you're thinking of a, a tough person to wrangle these unruly children, you would want an alligator wrestler. Uh, I would certainly want a wrestler of some kind, I suppose, but... Professional, amateur, something of that persuasion... Well, they don't have the big jaws for the alligator wrestler to open up, you know? I, I don't know how 
the alligator wrestler would bring their expertise to a Tibble. Well, you say that, though, but when we see them, the Tibbles, in the next scene here, there is a moment where they mouth wrestle. Now, that, I, that sounds weird. I couldn't think of another way to describe this. So we see the Tibbles. They're wrestling over Arthur's book, which is called Shark! Exclamation point. I want to read that book. And then, like they're they're kind of tug- they're doing a tug of war, like it's mine, it's mine. It goes into the sink, and then they start fighting over something else, like another book. And they instead of tugging it with their hands, they both like chomp on it and like try to pull it like dogs. So I couldn't think of anything better than mouth wrestle, even though that sounds really weird. Yeah, it's a mouth tug of war, really. It's a mouth of war. Yeah, tug of mouth. The they're warring with their mouths. Yes, so, but that's where the alligator wrestler comes in, is he can unhinge their jaws mm. and, get, and get that out of them. Uh, it's here that we discover that there is a, something about the Tibbles we didn't know before. Now, I, w- I want you to try to remember, Rage, since you are something of a Tibbles expert here, an unwitting Tibbles expert. In the episodes that you've seen before, do you, do you have much memory of Mrs. Tibble? I believe she showed up in... Uh portrait of the artist as a young tibble mm-hmm. do you have much of an opinion or like a, a, a like a feeling you get from her uh it seems like arthur is there as much to watch her as he is to watch the tibbles <laughs> i don't think she can be left alone well it's interesting you say that like We've talked about Mrs. Tibble quite a few times and how obviously she's far too permissive of a guardian figure. These Tibbles need a strong a stronger hand and Mrs. Tibble is not that. But it's this episode that I was le- that I think I'm drifting more towards you of like, okay, I think that she's in need of some assistance for her. There's a when Mrs. Tibble um they're trying to figure out who was born first, who's the older sibling. And Mrs. Tibble takes them up to this little doll room that we've seen her have before. It's like where all of her like like dolls and like stuff that she doesn't want the Tibbles to get into is. Um, Arthur's Bear Stanley is up there. And she is going to get their birth certificates. And she said and she's speaking in this way that like beforehand, Mrs. Tibble is, you know, she's very she's very much like an older lady. She's not She's not withered, she's not, like, spacey, but she's just, like, an older lady who's kind of, like, doesn't pay attention to the Tibbles very much. Here, it's almost like she has a concussion, because she knows that, she says that, I know that the older twin's name begins with a T. And it's it's not, like, a joke, I don't think. She's not saying it in, like, a ha-ha manner. It's, like, kind of concerning. Yeah, I'm a little worried for Mrs. Tibble. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. Like, it, it, you know what? If this was a house, this is definitely a household that has seen a few concussions, potentially mm. for her as well. And they find out that Tommy is the older Tibble by two minutes, and this gives him a chance to lord his older sibling status over Timmy. Rage, I forget yeah. if I've ever asked you. Maybe we haven't had the opportunity to. Do you have any siblings? I do not. I have I have some stepsisters now, but growing up, I was an only child. Right. So you didn't re- ever have this sort of older sibling, younger sibling dynamic when you were growing up. No, no sibling tried to assert dominance over me the way Tommy does in this episode. I see. Um, I'm quite the opposite. I had an, I have an older sister, and growing up, it was she's 
quite a few years older than me, so it was very much like we knew what the pecking order was from the from the very beginning. There was never a sort of contention. Even even today, there's kind of a pecking order. Uh, so Tommy, very happy that he is uh, older than Timmy and starts to boss him around. Uh, starts dictating what he can and can't watch. We get some cameos here. We see Mary Moo Cow. Uh, so this is either taking place before Mary Moo Cow is canceled or uh, they're watching a rerun. As well as a show that we don't see called Super Action Team, which Tommy is allowed to watch because he's older. But Timmy has to wait two minutes before he can watch. But at which point when he waits the two minutes, it's over. And we hear the TV announcer say, coming up next, The Secrets of Moss. It's either a very short television show or they came in very late. Either I, way, they weren't missing much. It's And it's got to be like the end of a programming block. It's like how at some point PBS or YTV or Fox would stop having the cartoons and then it would go into regular adult programming. So it's just like, ah, tough luck. Uh, and, and if it's, we're talking about the secrets of Moss, it's probably... Although Super Action Team doesn't seem like it would be on PBS, so... I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. It's an uh, odd lead-in, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder what the drop-off is in ratings. Timmy is very upset that he will never, ever be older than Tommy. So he runs away from home. To live with DW is his initial plan, but DW has to kind of cut this off immediately. We do get a funny scene where Timmy is confessing all this to DW, and she like pours him, like a bartender, pours him a milk straight up. Not uh, no rocks, no nothing. Just uh, careful. That's whole milk. Uh, he can handle it. I'm I'm confident. So DW is going to show Timmy how to keep his older brother in line as the younger sibling, which she is very used to doing. And there's a couple of methods that we see here. So for instance, uh, Timmy suggests that Tommy no longer eat crunch cereal because he's too old for that, and. The cereal he instead suggests is prunes and millet husks. Uh, you know, it keeps you regular. Now, have you, you and I are both in the same kind of age bracket. Have you, um, like, have you gotten into, like, prunes yet? Uh, I don't mind a raisin uh, brand, you know, two scoops of raisin, but I haven't mm. gotten to prunes so much. No, neither neither have I. We're not quite that old yet. And millets, as Wikipedia is telling me right now, a highly varied group of small seeded grasses. So you just needed another old person thing to go along with prunes. Uh, it, it, but it does have the very childish apostrophe N in there, which is an interesting contrast. Uh, he Timmy insists that Tommy no longer needs training wheels because he's older, which ends up in a disaster. And... That Tommy at the pool should use the big diving board because he's a big boy now, which is very, very high up. This finally ends in what DW calls Operation Rock the Cradle, which is some real psychological torture. It's quite a big leap from the diving board, to be honest. Yes. So this involves, and it's, it's a little, it's a tiny bit complicated, where Timmy is acting like a baby. So he mm -hmm. takes off his shirt, he's wearing a diaper, but he's also wearing Tommy's kerchief. So he's pretending to be Tommy, and he's acting like a baby out on the front lawn. So he's playing with a big ball, he's whining for his milk, and all the while Tommy is trying to like desperately get him to go inside. He's like, he's like kind of like personally embarrassed for him, of just like, no, what if somebody sees? Of just like, please stop doing this. 
And eventually, this is a really strange read from just this uh, minor character here uh, where Tommy is... See, I'm getting confused. Timmy as Tommy starts crying, and a woman walks by with her kid, who is one of the background kids in DW's preschool, and she just says, You, boy, be nice to your baby brother. And it's just like, you know what? If you deepen her voice a little bit, she could sound like Kratos. It's just like, boy, be nice to your baby brother. So, like, you, boy. What a, what a strange thing for a stranger to say to you. Yeah, it sounds like she's going to... You know, toss him a 10 pence and tell him to buy the biggest turkey in the window. (laughs) You there, boy. What day is it? Yeah. (laughs) This really, really embarrasses Tommy. Someone's going to be sitting with a psychiatrist coming to an epiphany. Well, there are so many times that baby is used as an insult, usually among the eight-year-olds and DW's age as well. She doesn't want to be considered a baby. So it's strange for someone of DW's age group to suddenly be like no let's lean into this and like go full baby where it's Mm -hmm. like you know you were in diapers i mean it's the tibble so probably last year but like it's been pretty recent (laughs) relatively speaking since you were in diapers this finally breaks tommy of this whole thing and he asks mrs tibble to say that he and timmy were born at the exact same moment which is all it needs to restore the natural balance we end off with Arthur going to uh, go look after them again. He is convinced that like now everything like like Tommy's in charge now and it's all great. And then he gets in there and it's as the same as it ever was. Is it possible? And I, I I'm not expecting you for any kind of expertise here necessarily, Rage. But is it possible for twins to be born at the exact same moment without getting too graphic here? Barring uh. A cesarean section? I don't think it is, Will. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Well, well, that, but that, but I think that's that could be plausible. If we have any childbirth experts listening, mm-hmm. uh, is it possible for twins to be born at the exact same time? I, I want to say no, but also I have no idea. If I had a doctorate, I probably wouldn't be here. If you had a doctorate, your life would be a little bit different, maybe. Yes, I think different. I was like, yeah, it'd be better. Like, eh, no, it would be it would be different. Let's let's just say it would be different. Yeah. And now a word from us kids. And now a word from us kids. Now, Rage, I think at certain times we haven't we have had this, we haven't had this, but this time it was included in the TVO YouTube video that you and I were both able to watch because we're both in Canada. Um, this little girl named Khadija is in her class, and they are learning about time. They are doing all kinds of activities about time. They're creating uh, clocks with chalk on the sidewalk outside. They're building block towers, and they're hula hooping uh, in less than a minute. They're learning about how it how it relates to the story here. Um, I wanted to ask: Do you remember how you eventually learned to tell time? Like, what method with stuck with you? Yeah, I was I was the first in my class to be able to tell time. This was kindergarten. Oh wow! Uh, but no one believed me. They all thought I was lying. No one believed you. Uh, oh, I oh, said, oh, okay. "No, the short hand is the important one. That's the hour." And they didn't believe me. The big hand has to be more important. They said. Oh, okay. When you when they said like they didn't believe you, I also thought of like the teachers not believing you, which is like, well, they. If you could tell time, they could tell time too. So, 
But it, but the but your fellow your peers didn't believe you. They didn't believe me. They 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 insisted that the long hand must be the more important hand. Do you remember the method that eventually made it click for you? I don't, sadly. Okay. I tried to look it up on Google. There was a specific book that I read when I was in I want to say grade 1 or 2 maybe that was about this little dog uh that was learning to tell time but it but it had like all of these examples of like this is how you tell time on an analog clock and da 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 and it was actually really helpful that's finally what helped it click for me didn't have any of these chalk clock uh, exercises here um yeah you yeah. didn't have somebody telling you do something to make your body show that you're long <laughs> as the no. teacher does no we didn't uh, there's one more quick thing I want to mention here. Um, the teacher, as we said, bef- as I've said with Lucas and with guests, we are entering a period of time where, like, the teachers are starting to look more like us. And I, I guess you and I, by virtue of being in the present moment, are like we're starting to see teachers in these segments that are like, oh, they look like they could be like my friend, or like we look to be of similar ages here, and. We are also, this is only about 10 years ago, so these kids, as I mentioned in the previous episode, are probably either about to leave high school or have already left high school at this point. Uh, we we should track down these kids' TikTok accounts. <laughs> I have been trying. Like, see, and- <laughs> We gotta see if they're still hula hooping and doing jumping jacks. To varying levels of success, I actually was able to track down a couple of uh, Word From Us kids' Uh, in an episode that we did that should, I believe it's on the free feed uh, with Holly Holland and uh, Catherine Dore. We had, and we had talked to a couple of them, but if you are a word from us kid out there and you're listening to this show, please contact us. We would love to talk to you. I'm, I'm still love to collect more stories about people doing these segments and where you ended up now. Anyway, what I wanted to say is that the teacher um, had a sweater that caught my eye. It's an autism awareness sweater, which I was like, oh, that's cool. But then the logo is the puzzle piece. Don't love that. Oh, is that Autism Speaks? It's pretty close. I think it was advertising something local, but I think of the puzzle piece as associated with Autism Speaks. And also it's, that's just, that particular symbology is a very, is thankfully becoming an outdated symbol of what being autistic actually is so like it's just like eh, a little disappointing but this was 10 years ago hopefully we've could we continue to move in the right direction with that mm-hmm. hi everybody it's lucas your favorite co-host from elwood city limits um i want to remind you folks that if you like listening to the podcast first and foremost the best way to spread the love is to tell a friend who is interested in arthur or podcasts or animation or hearing about nova scotia for some reason but there's some other things you could do as well for instance you can follow us on social media twitter is at ecl podcast the instagram is at elwood city limits my pet project the twitch channel which we do live streams on sometimes twitch.tv slash elwood city limits pod and we also have a facebook and tumblr as well you can also find us on apple Podcasts, spotify and 
youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where Will has been diligently uploading all of the episodes if they're not on your podcast listening service of choice. If they aren't on one of those services, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media or via email at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Finally, the Patreon is where you can find all of our paywall content, patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. This gives you access to the Discord, where we have a bustling community, as well as some exclusive videos, audio bonuses, such as commentary for the various Arthur movies and more, as well as some of our additional podcasts for the kids, is where me and Will uh, cover all the PBS shows that aren't Arthur, as well as ECL Origins, where we really talk about any show from our childhood that we want. Uh, And most importantly, you get early access to every episode of ECL. You get to flex on your friends that you're getting it a week early. You can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And now, back to the show. This is another first for you, Rage, because in Messy Dress Mess, which is the second story here, you get to meet two brand new characters that we have been having different, well, not differing, but like our feelings are shifting uh, here and there. And I'm talking about LaDonna and Bud. This is your first time seeing them, I believe. Uh, is Bud the her brother, her little brother? Bud, Bud is her little brother with the funny hat. Okay. Uh, yes, I I have never seen these rabbits with a southern drawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very disappointed. They're rabbits, to be honest. Why is that? They're always rabbits. Last but time th- I was introduced to Molly and James, they were rabbits. Hmm. This time, the new character is Ladonna and her family. They're all rabbits. Uh, it, it's a lazy Arthur uh, drawing. Well, it's either that or they are just like quote-unquote bear like especially for the guest characters a lot of them are just like have get the rounded ears and they're like i don't know bear dog something bring in more rats there can't be only one you know that that would actually be really cool and it would say to me that like the guest is a little bit like is okay with being part of the world of this cartoon like mm-hmm. i would love to see a guest who's a rat so messy dress mess. Okay, so just to quickly explain, LaDonna and Bud uh, are transfers. Like, they live in a military family, so their their accents are meant to be, like, Louisiana, which is where they, one of the places they grew up in. So that's kind of what they're going for with the southern thing. Okay, yeah, I hear it. So in messy dress mess, it's another Arthur cold open, at least at first, saying that some things you really don't want once someone else has used them, such as coloring books. The Tibbles give DW coloring books that have already been colored in. Uh, gym socks. You don't want to use binkies. Use gym socks. You don't want to use the newspaper after Pal has eaten it. And a huge party foul here by Buster using Arthur's toothbrush. It's, it's the thing that cleans your mouth. It's clean naturally. It's clean by its very nature, Will. I don't know, dude. I think that that's... L- listen... I kind of understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's if if you're doing that without even asking or like getting the a okay, a lot of people feel they're very differently. That, that about is their messed personal up. Hygiene. Yeah, it's not I, something I, th- I would personally. I would just walk to the corner store or something, but you know, I I can't. 
I think Buster, a society would be better if everyone was like a Buster. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but like, I'm, I'm interested, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in what you mean. Uh, we gotta share and share alike. I see. Well, I, I don't disagree with that. I just also think that we need to check in with everybody and make sure we understand where everybody's personal lines are. Because they're different for everybody. Yeah, I'm saying just a communal toothbrush. <laughs> you put it on the the corner of the street so everyone can come oh. down and brush their teeth with it. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. oh. Uh, but this is obviously where you see Ladonna. You rage see Ladonna for the first time because she steals the cold open, which she did in the first episode that she was that she was introduced in. As we talk about, wrap up with. Things you really don't want once someone else has used them. This is a LaDonna episode, so you get a real you get a real feeling for her here. Because LaDonna wants a new dress. She's going to be doing a solo at a show at the school called Mary Magicals, which I kind of need a little wanted a little bit more explanation on. But she begs her mom for a new dress so that she can look nice. And we see this imagination of her dancing in the clouds and i want to make sure to point this out because especially early on in season 16 i think it was where we started or maybe it was 17 recently when we started with the flash animation uh, we were pretty hard on it but i want to say very good and fluid animation with ladonna imagining herself dancing in her new dress in the clouds and in fact they use that as the uh little uh, title card animation um so she gets a hand-me-down dress instead, instead of this lovely one that she sees in the shop window. We also see here, so as we say, LaDonna is the middle child. Bud is her little brother, and we get a speaking line from her older sister, Madison, who is not really a character. She has funny sayings that sound like they might be Southern. <laughs> Yeah, like she she has a she has a bunch of nicknames for Ladonna as as she goes along. Um I I I know that you've kind of we we've kind of talked about them briefly, but let's taking the whole episode into account here. What were your feelings on Ladonna and Bud, these two new additions to the cast? Um I I think I like what they're doing with the accent. Uh mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, they're punching it up a little bit. Uh, they seem like good additions. I, I don't know if they needed new characters. I don't know what role they fill exactly, but it, it seems fine. Okay. So so your initial assessment of them is fairly positive. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, we, Lucas and I, eh, it, it feels like our opinions are beginning to devolve a little bit just because I think the whether it's the accents or whether it's the stories they get, they're beginning to wear out their welcome a little bit with us. I'm hoping that they'll be able to turn it around at some point. Oh no! Yeah, I you know we we don't hear a whole lot of Bud here, but like a little Bud goes a long way when he's when he gets his own episode with like DW, the the accent gets to be a little much over time. Oh, you're alienating all the Louisiana listeners to your podcast, Will. I think at this point they probably have long since left. Uh, but it's, it, it, I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not disliking that accent at all. It's just very, Bud is a very 
has a very cartoony take on it. And yes, it is a cartoon, but like it's very, you know, like a lot of that back of the throat sort of stuff added to words. LaDonna is not impressed with this hand-me-down dress. As she says later, she's the middle child. She never really gets to have something of her own, something new. She imagines that this dress, which is, I mean, how would I describe this? I would need to take a look at it again. I'm really not great at physical description, so uh, beg pardon here. But let me get a let me get a better look at this. It's it's got these kind of puffy shoulders. This it's a blue dress with these light blue puffy shoulders. This kind of like I don't even know what you would call that around her neck. It's like a white collar I suppose it's like a squared off collar and this yellow bow in the front around her waist much like the accents I think they were really leading into just the antebellum self uh with this dress mm. yeah and 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 very much it's like it's been passed down so it's seen better days in terms of how it holds up LaDonna mm-hmm. imagines that this dress has been handed down much longer than just her family so from Roman times to the Victorian era? I was I, also a little confused about what this one was supposed to be. And the, and then the 1920s, we yeah. see LaDonna do the Charleston, and then this will inevitably hand it down to future generations when they are in space. Which, I mean, wearing a dress in space, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe we'll get to see it someday. They should make space suits more fashionable. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they really have never even seemingly tried to do that. Unless I could be wrong about that, but yeah, you'd think that some company would be wanting to really zhuzh those up because they are pretty monocolored and not terribly interesting to look yeah. at once you've seen them once. Elon Musk isn't going to just wear anything when he's out in space. Ugh. It, so Ladonna not crazy about wearing this dress, so she goes to Muffy, who lends her a dress, and. She is trying to do her best to avoid messes at all costs. When when she goes to Muffy, Muffy is delighted to give her a dress. She says, I've been dying to give you a makeover since you got here, which is secretly a very withering thing to say to a friend. Yeah, but you know, Muffy, she's just like that. That's Muffy. It's true. We're very much into the, oh, that's just Muffy that's era just of the show. Muffy. It's like, we're, we're, we're used to this. Um... She also mentions a clothing app that she has, which will scan her closet and find something appropriate for LaDonna to wear with her diff- varying vitals. And it's another mention yeah. of this influence, I guess I, I guess it's pre-influencer. So it's like Paris Hilton style character on the show called Capri DeVapita. Oh. I don't know if you've ever ran into her. Don't believe I have. No, she's she's a Paris Hilton parody that they've only used in a couple of episodes, but she's also has her own brand. It's her clothing app. So they find this dress. It's a, a yeah. much nicer, more I, designer dress. I actually wanted to ask. Yes. Uh, how long has Muffy had this banana-themed Blackberry knockoff? Banana-themed? Oh, I see. So you're... T- um. I want to say that she's had that for at least a couple of seasons now, because, of course, as we continue on in the show here, uh, the tech, it, it's changing with the times technology-wise. So now a lot of the kids have uh, cell phones. If you watch some of the newer like um, animated shorts made in 2022, 2023, they're using zo- like a Zoom knockoff. They're talking about um their version of youtube so i want to say that she's probably had this for a couple of seasons she's she's been an early adopter of cell phones the blackberry itself 
Not exactly sure. I did not see that it was banana themed, so good eye, but it is there is a banana icon on the back of it. It's a little late for a, a Blackberry. Yes, I suppose you're right. I, I, I saw that Blackberry movie. I should know that, but I was going to say Palm Pilot. It's just like it's really too late for a Palm Pilot. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what have, what would have been BlackBerry esque. When did, when did people stop using that BlackBerry? iPhone came out two thousand six, right? Yeah, that's that sounds that so sounds I, right. I think two thousand ten ish was really the last year for Blackberries. Okay, so we you're right, we are past that. I don't I'm like yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe again, this was written probably the year before this Mm -hmm. so we might still be on like the tail end of blackberries but i guess i'm i'm guessing that a lot of these kids are going to be getting smartphones very very soon in the show where we are yeah so they find this really nice dress that ladonna likes a lot better it's uh it's it's a uniform color it's it's almost like a like a charizard version to the charmander of her dress it's like it was the one she was eyeing in the shop that's right yes it's like a periwinkle blue color with a nice tasteful, uh, uh, perhaps, is that a daisy or a daffodil on the front there? And she likes it a lot better. While she's at home and before she does the performance, she wants to take very good care of it. But she decides to put it on once just to just to try it on. And she has to avoid all of these suddenly encroaching uh, opportunities for messes. So... Uh, Bud comes into her room, he finally found a toy hippo that's covered in mud, and he throws it at her and then tries to touch her with his hands. Um, she does the Tenacious D power slide to avoid being having juice spilled on her. Yeah, and this is where her sister calls her Rutabaga, I think. Rutabaga. And the Tibbles show up again, and they are somewhat menacing. Uh, she has to use double trash can lid shields uh, because they start throwing mud pies at her. And she avoids all of this, takes a sit down on a nearby bench, but doesn't realize that wet paint was on it. And so she now she has these green bars on the back of the dress, and she's really afraid of what Muffy is going to say. And I, I think you could have got away with saying this was high fashion, you know? Yeah, I mean, you would really have to, like, you would have to get, the like, a... 18 to 20 on that charisma roll, but mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, if you own it, I think you could, you know, pull the wool over some people's eyes. Well, in an earlier episode, LaDonna got to know everybody initially by telling tall tales. So she's not, it's not like she can't lie. We've seen her do it before. Um, but she is trying to be a bit more honest here. In fact, she she attempts to buy the same dress in order to replace it, but it is way too expensive. So, so she just, yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a diatribe here. Oh, please. Uh, is there something in the scene that struck out to you? Is there anything where you went, that's important? Um, which, which scene are, are you, are you talking about? When she goes to buy the dress from the when sales she goes lady. From the sales lady. Okay. Um, I have the episode in the background here. I will say not immediately, but. 14 mm, will. 14 percent 14 percent sales tax hmm i went on a journey will Ooh. i asked myself what state in 2014 would have a 14 percent sales tax no way and here's what i found out one tell me sales taxes fluctuate wildly okay 
they don't they don't have a federal one. They go state. They have a state tax and then a mm-hmm. local tax, which goes mm-hmm. county by county. Okay. And so you can just like drive fifteen minutes to get a better deal on a TV or something. Fair. Okay. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and also, I brought up the 2013, 2014, and twenty fifteen year beginning and year mid sales taxes for all of these states and counties. Mm-hmm. Again, they're mercurial. They they are like 2% one year and up to 7% the next year. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Okay. In our lifetime, Canada's sales tax has changed once. <laughs> I, I don't understand how the states put up with this. Uh, but anyways, what I found out in the years 2013, 2014, and 2015... Mm-hmm. The highest sales tax was 12.725% in Arizona. There is no place where a 14% sales tax would be implemented. And also, usually clothing is exempt unless it's over a certain price. So either this is like a $500 dress Mm -hmm. or uh, this this is uh, a... this saleswoman was just ripping LaDonna off. Yeah, that could very well be. That's like that's what I was thinking, is that like, well, we're not considering the fact that this may be a dishonest salesperson. Uh she, man. She saw a mark and said, Oh yeah, I can charge a quote unquote sales tax and just pocket the money. I will add that this is not a like a local business. This is the GARP we're talking about. Oh, okay. So this is a na- this is a national chain, international chain. Um, so this fourteen percent sales tax at the Garp. So the closest would be Arizona. Okay. So that doesn't. I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't bust the uh, where is Elwood City located thing wide open. But that was some. I'm really happy you did that research. That was quite the ride. I. It took a while. I learned a <laughs> lot, Will. <laughs> And all for something. See, this, again, this is why I love having guests on. Like, neither Lucas nor I would necessarily think to even notice the 14% sales tax or think that that was any kind of outrageous. I, uh, so, I really thought I had something there. Well, I, I'm still I'm, I'm still very happy to take that ride. And who's to say? I mean, Like, I wouldn't necessarily guess that Elwood City is in Arizona, but uh, maybe, this is, maybe this is something that... Uh, 14% sales tax. I wonder if there is something to this. I don't know. Maybe they just picked the number. I who knows? But I'm still glad that you took the took the journey on that and saw it to its conclusion. If range. there's any tax f- experts uh, listening to this, you know, uh, <laughs> help me out here. Let's do the due diligence. Speaking of tax, um, LaDonna is imagining that so she can't buy a new dress and essentially she's going to have to pay Muffy back herself. But it's going to take her so long, she imagines that she'll be paying all the way into old age in this scenario where she's only able to pay like a nickel a week. And uh, But Muffy is still holding her to it, even into both of their old age. I will also say that after mentioning her a couple of times and like seeing her visibly, Jenna, the character Jenna, finally gets to say something. She has a couple of lines in this, and uh, I've just kind of missed having Jenna around for for flavor. I I appreciate her being back here. And then we end up with the episode LaDonna brings a big trench coat to the to the show for her solo, 
but she eventually ditches it. She's wearing the hand-me-down dress instead of the one with paint on it. She wears the hand-me-down dress. She nails her solo, and everybody everybody is okay. And Muffy, when she's finished her solo, Muffy's only upset that LaDonna didn't ask her for help in the first place, which is which is a nice way to take yeah. it. I'm, I'm really glad that we've grown past Muffy being, like, needlessly mean or cruel. And so, yeah, next time... Uh, LaDonna should ask her for help instead of avoiding her, well, and they take a very nice picture together. Muffy bought the same uh, style dress so they could be matchies. Matchies, yeah. So uh, it's it's no thing. It's no thing to Muffy. Uh, so this, mm-hmm. this is good. This is good to know for next time. And it's here I noticed that uh, LaDonna has a good, you know, five to six inches on Muffy, not including the ears. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of yeah. amazed that dress fit Muffy at all. She's gonna she's gonna grow up to be quite tall, is Ladonna, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's we are at the end here, and now it's time to look back on the stories that we covered. So let's go back to two minutes. Rage becoming the Tibbles expert here on the show. What did you think of this encounter with the twins? Uh, I think it was uh, fun to see how such a small thing could disrupt the Tibble hierarchy so much. I there. Despite all their faults, they're really sticklers for the social order at the end of the day, the Tibbles. And I I thought that was a good side to see of them. It was an interesting way to play a Tibbles episode. And so was, you know, the portrait of the artist as a young Tibble gave us a little bit of their prospective future and gave them a bit of characterization. So when when the spotlight's on them... It actually can be pretty good. Like, I prefer, th- like, them getting an episode to, like, Kate and the dog or something like that. Uh, and there's there's surprising depths to them. It's always fun to see them on the back foot or, like, out of their element. Like, the, the whole thing with uh, Operation Rock the Cradle was, like, so strange and out of left field that I actually really appreciated what they were going for. I didn't think this episode was, like, great or anything, but I did... I, d- I liked what it was going for, and I had a fairly fairly good time with it. So it's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. As for messy dress mess, it's just like this didn't really change my feelings on LaDonna very much. And unfortunately, where we are in the show is that, like, a lot of LaDonna's episodes just don't do a lot for me. I don't really care for her as a character. I don't dislike her. I'm more towards disliking Bud, but he was very... Uh, light in this episode, which I appreciated. This was more about LaDonna. And it just felt like there wasn't a whole lot to this one to kind of sink teeth into in any regard. Like, it was it was fine, and there were a couple of, like, cute moments. But, yeah, it, and especially by the end, it's like, oh, this ended up feeling like kind of a non-issue that we just blew up, which mm-hmm. you can describe that about, you can use that descriptor for plenty of Arthur episodes, but it was just like, by the end, I was like, eh. Didn't really care for it. It seems like you could kind of slot any character into this dynamic and it would have worked just as well. This didn't need to be a LaDonna episode. Uh, It could have easily been Francine or, uh, you know, DW boring a toy and breaking it. It, It's well-trod territory, and I don't think that helps it. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Rage, I'm... So glad that you were able to join me again. It's really great to be able to do another episode with you and to introduce you to new aspects of the show in case you join us for another episode down the line. It's going to be less of a 
of a shock going into this new animation style and seeing these new characters. But in case people want to hear more from you, uh, where can people find you? So I uh, I did a little podcast, a podcast called Podcast 69. As the name implies, quite obviously, I think, uh, we watched the 69th episode of a different television series every month, except the months where we don't do it. And uh, <laughs> given the spooky season, I, I want to recommend some from The Vault, Will. A couple yes. episodes from The Vault. We did a fantastic episode on Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Ooh. children's <laughs> can, Canadian children's horror anthology classic. Uh, it was the episode The Misfortune Cookie, which from the title, you can probably guess that it's about a fortune cookie that changes the fabric of reality and time. So it's it's a fantastic episode. I highly recommend it. And if, you know, you, uh, if you're an adult, if you're a little too old for Are You Afraid of the Dark?, if you've lost that childlike whimsy in your life. We also mm. did The Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Ooh. Zone, with Rod Serling writing, and uh, we did The Passerby, an episode that, you know, nudges right up to Confederate soldier apologia, but doesn't cross the line. <laughs> it doesn't cross the line, and I gotta give Serling props for that. Keeping it controversial on that old Twilight Zone. Interesting. Okay. There you have it. There's some spooky podcast recommendations for you and just good podcast recommendations. It's Podcast 69. Uh, what about uh, social media or any of that rage? Sure. Uh, follow me on Instagram at regleg, R-E-G-L-A-G. Uh, I'm starting to post some pictures. I, I'm, I'm taking pictures lately. Also, I got a cat. I'll show you pictures of my cat. So if you like cats, you should like cats. Come to the Instagram and look at a cat. I can't think of a better reason to to check out his Instagram than that. That's, that's a seller right there. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to do this again. And thank you, listener, for checking out this episode of Elwood City Limits. And that's going to do it for us this time. My name's Will Young, and for Rage... Thank you so much. I'll be back on, you know, whenever they need a Tibble expert again, I guess. (laughs) We'll see you next time.